This is episode 29. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the All Hazards Podcast. Today, we're going to dive deep into the podcasting process, pull back the curtain and tell you how the sausage is made. How's that for mixing metaphors, huh? Podcasts and their audiences, folks, are steadily growing, and more government agencies are using them to get their information out. So our Deputy Director, Kelly Houston, thought it would be helpful to let you all know what it took for us to launch All Hazards and what it takes to keep it going. So when you started the podcast, Sean, did you have some skepticism about it? Like, would this really work or is it gonna be too hard? We have two segments. In the first one, we'll talk about the first steps we took when considering launching our podcast, as well as the equipment we use, the whole intimacy of podcasting and listenership, of course. We learned a lot from this process and of course you can learn from us. Then in segment two, we'll talk more about the minimal equipment that you'll need to get started with your own podcast. And don't worry, folks, we won't get too technical in this. As well as we'll talk about the top five mistakes I made with this podcast. We'll have all that and more right now. Well, the tables are turned today. Your host isn't Sean Boyd. I'm Kelly Houston in the broadcast room here at Cal OES. I have Sean Boyd in the room here with me and we're turning the tables on you. Also with us is Brian May with our uh, agency brand new to us and uh, we're turning the tables because we want to find out why is Sean doing this podcast? What is it you're learning along the way? And basically just get an inside look at what exactly the podcast has uh, has provided for those who are listening but also those who may be considering doing it maybe in a public safety agency or somebody that says, "Hey, you know, he's gone Several episodes, looks like he's going to keep going. Uh, obviously, it must have some benefit, so... There is some benefit. We want to find out what that is. Kelly Houston, glad to have you here, buddy. Yeah, it's... <laughs> normally, I'm the one getting interviewed, but uh, this, is, this is good. So the reason I'm doing the podcast is because Kelly Houston asked me to. That was a mandate. Oh, the, that's why I'm this doing podcast it. Or this podcast? Yeah. This podcast. This one right now that we're recording? or From the very beginning, 28 episodes ago. That's, yeah. Remember, oh. I came on board and he says, we want to do a podcast. What do you think about that? I said, let's do it. And here we are, 28 episodes later. And uh, this is one of those sort of journeys that uh, I had no idea where it was going to take me. Didn't know what it took to start one, didn't know what it took to make it work. And uh, I certainly didn't know how long it was going to last or if it would work at all. But it has lasted. We did get it off the ground. I think it's provided some really interesting insight uh, into the world of emergency management uh, from different perspectives. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about the way we outreach in our office here. We call it multimodal communication, meaning we're 
audio, video, pictures, written products. We have our blog. This was just a natural extension of what we're already doing. And, you know, the the whole goal of it was really to just try it out and see if it works, see if it's a medium that people were listening to or are listening to. Mm-hmm. And is it something that just gives our listeners or, and our audience just another way of learning, reaching in, seeing what goes on in emergency management, and just being connected with us? Well, this day and age, you have to be innovative. Whatever it is you're doing, whatever that is, it doesn't have to be emergency management. It can be any area of business uh, or government, um, you name it. Being innovative means you're advancing your cause forward in a way that others aren't. And innovation is what drives uh, America. You really have to be inventive. You have to do things differently in order to, I I think... um, see things from a different way and and approach things that maybe takes your agency in a different direction that's a positive thing. And, yeah. and this is another communications tool. I, you know, back when uh, podcasting, the term sort of came around, a lot of people didn't, I didn't know what the heck a podcast was. And it's not until you reach out to that good old Google search engine and figure out what things are that it starts to make sense. And we've seen that podcasting is growing every single year when the the surveys are taken and the data is crunched. It is a steady growth industry. Yeah, and I'll tell you that I, when I first heard the term podcast, I thought it was only an Apple product. Right. I thought you had to have an iPod to listen to it. Yeah. And I didn't, and then I was, and it, in the early days of podcasting, you would have to go through this whole process of plugging it into your computer, downloading that podcast from iTunes. It was a hassle. And honestly, that was a big barrier for people because they're like, well, I, you know, I may have an iPod, but then I got to get onto iTunes. It just became a hassle. It requires and, more effort. Yeah. I mean, it's a, we, you know, it's a barrier, basically. Mm-hmm. If it's not a click away or something that can automatically download, then, uh, you know, what's would you go through the hassle? Is it worth it? Brian, do you listen to any podcasts or have you in the past listened to podcasts? I have. And, and it's, and Sean, I'll, I'll touch on exactly what you said. The more I go through life, the more I am listening to them. And for me, three months ago, I was going through the interview process here, having never worked for a state agency, having never been a PIO before. And I found the podcast and started listening and it gave me a great insight as to what goes on inside this office. So I, I don't know who they're targeted for, but I think you're also finding people who may be employers that come to work for you. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was really interesting because we have had some people say they listened to the podcast and that was a way that they learned about it, which is, I guess it just makes sense, right? If mm-hmm. you can find it, and, and we're pretty good about surfacing it, and we, we could always do better to make sure that people can click and find the episodes. But you know, if you're like me, I'm not a big reader. I'm not the person that's going to read long text, but I will listen and I'll watch as video. you're driving. Right. Listen, not watch. Right. right exactly. Yeah. Right. So, and in the car, you yep. know, especially these long trips sometimes we take going mm-hmm. across the state for different things, uh, you know, there's a lot to be learned. And, and podcasting is is one of the mediums by which we can, you know, there's a, thousands of podcasts out there. What, so when you started the podcast, Sean, did you have some skepticism about it? Like, would this really work, or is it going to be too hard? I wouldn't say it was skepticism. I said, uh, for me, it was more of um, hopeful optimism. You never know if something is going to work for sure. Uh, for me, I thought it was a great idea, and I think in order for it to work, the content had to be relevant to the listener. 
So we had to identify who the listener was going to be before we even started this whole thing. So once you identify who the listener is, which we feel we did, then you you cater your content to those listeners. I mean, for example, if our our listenership is primarily emergency management related uh, individuals, whether they're in emergency management or they just are interested in the topic, you're not going to you know do a podcast on uh, icing cakes. You know you got to have something that's relevant. So. I thought as long as we did that the right way and we made sure that people knew how to find it and we were consistent in what we did, that we would find an audience and it would grow. Right. So we identify who we're talking to and trying to convey information, which narrows down the topic, but then also tell them what we're going to provide them. Like this isn't just a you know, coffee chat. We're not just here like saying, well, that's what's interesting to you today. We actually, each episode is an opportunity for you to interview somebody who's been involved in some pretty... Uh, amazing things. Uh, you even interviewed right now, uh, we have on the podcast, one of the episodes uh, is with uh, Bob Fenton, who mm-hmm. is the current acting administrator for FEMA. Head and, honcho. Yeah, yeah. And, and he gives some great insight on his career and things that he's done. And, you know, honestly, where where else would you find that? Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I, you know, I knew Bob had uh, a, an incredible career up until this point. Um, so I wanted to talk to him about that. And, he, you know, thankfully, he was willing and able to give me an hour of his time. Went to his office uh, in Region 9, sat down at the desk, and he was very open. I was actually a little surprised because I didn't know how open he would be. Because when you get to his level, there, and even getting up to that level, there's a lot of politics involved. And you have to be careful what you say and who you talk about, the names you drop. Um, but he was very open, and he answered every one of my questions. So, right, and that's that maybe is a good distinction. This isn't talk radio. We're no. not we're not here like oh the Just conservatives cure, yeah. are good or bad. I mean this it it's really hopefully what you're going to hear at the end of the podcast and what you'll get from it is some good insight and maybe leadership lessons. It may be actual practical tips mm-hmm. on things that you could do if you're going to say oh like I need how would I. Uh, prepare for a nuclear event and who are the people that do that and why? Yeah. Yeah. And the the thing about um, uh, one of the, one of the very first interviews that I did, the first couple, um, I interviewed the SWAT commander way back in that McDonald's massacre massacre at San Isidro. Right. And listening to him tell that story and talk about the decision to have his snipers take this guy out, uh, you know, obviously they're very professional and they know what needs to be done in order to save lives. It's still not an easy thing to give the order to to kill somebody. But when you've got a massacre like they had, you have to. And, you know, what he saw immediately after that uh, inside the McDonald's, it's not something that he'll ever forget. Yeah, and he was I'm... he was actually very open and honest about that. And that's another part of the medium. They say that this is one of the most intimate mediums because it's you directly in the ear of the listener or in the car with that person. It's almost like you're with them having a conversation. And the uh, conversations are usually really candid. And that's really helpful to people. It's authentic. It's candid. And it also provides some insight that could help others who maybe find themselves in that same situation. Yeah, and and any law enforcement officer who's been put in a situation where they had to fire their weapon uh, and either injure or kill somebody, the message that he gave was after a long day 
of this emotional roller coaster ride and stress and the things that he saw, including the you know deceased children mm. on the floor of that McDonald's. He went home, even though it was late, and uh, and hugged his own children. You know, and he just sat there with them. And for him to express that in such an honest and candid way. That is something I think there's a there's several messages there that other law enforcement officers can take away. That one, it's not it's not the antithesis uh, of what a cop should be, and that is tough and gruff. And sure. you can go home and and then still be the the softy dad that you need to be. Yeah, so a lot of great stories that you're giving. So today, what we want to get into is. Um, not a real long discussion. We want to sort of get into the nuts and bolts of, of what you've learned uh, as you've gone along and done these podcasts, some of the you know mistakes that you've made or you, and that we want to get other help others not uh, mm-hmm. make. And any, even the consideration for somebody like, let's say I'm an emergency manager, maybe a public information officer, somebody who's like, well, you know, Calaweas is doing this podcast, but they're a big state agency. They got all this money. It must be expensive. <laughs> it must be hard to do. Uh, and and really, I think those are myths. So, Big myths, yeah. Yeah, we want to talk yeah. a little bit about that, and then really actually talk about the equipment. Is it mm-hmm. is it expensive? How, do you have to pay to get on iTunes? What? Yeah. Uh, and you you basically did this all without any knowledge. We just basically yeah. said start a podcast. Well, yeah, you you had already been listening to podcasts for a while, and so you had some really good insight as to a couple of podcasts that I should listen to in order to kind of get an idea of what the good ones are are all about. Um, and there are a couple of podcasts that actually are about podcasting. So those kinds of things, you know, great resources. Uh, but the reason we want to talk about this today, and I think the reason you turned the tables on me, was so that we could talk to others who are thinking about putting a podcast together. And believe it or not, I've had a lot of inquiries. And you've had it, great feedback, yeah, too. People really saying feedback. like, hey, you know, you should do this or yeah. ask more questions. So or- there are agencies and even branches within our own agency uh, who are considering, you know, putting out their own podcast as a way to get their message out. And so one of the first things I think you have to think about is what kind of uh, message am I going to deliver? Do I need one? So... Yeah. Before you even decide what kind of equipment and all that, you have to really think about how much time you're going to put into it, how much time you have to put into it, because it does take a lot of time. And what is the message going to be? Who is my audience? So if you can't identify who your audience is and what the message, the repeated types of message that you're going to get to them, maybe you shouldn't be doing a podcast. But if you have this endless flow of knowledge that you can impart on your listener, then maybe you should consider one. Both of you talked about, as you started this, identifying your audience. What did you use to identify who the audience is or was? Yeah, Kelly and I sat down, along with Brad Alexander, our chief, to really talk about that. That was one of the first things we did was decide, uh, you know, talk about who is our audience. And we really got down to the brass tacks of who that would be. And then from that point forward, we decided, you know, what kind of information do we want to give them? From yeah. what perspective? And so so specifically what you're doing, you want to narrow it down because in our, especially in our world, in, you know, public information for agency, we could be talking about preparedness. We could be talking right. about law enforcement. We could talk about public stuff, how right. to do this, you know, what to do for winter storm. I mean, like there's a million things that we could talk about. And if we're all over the map, it's just not going to it doesn't resonate because people subscribe to podcasts for narrow topics you know you'll listen you want to 
you want to listen to a podcast about the latest happenings in hockey, you will find the hockey podcast. It's a niche, yeah. Right, as opposed yeah. to just sports. Right. Let's talk sports. Because yeah. some people don't care. I, all I care about is hockey. Right. I don't care about basketball. So the same as with us is that we were saying, okay, we think this is because the medium is so uh, intimate, and we do have access to people who have done some great things, learned along their careers. You know, we have people in this building that have been working... 35 years and done stuff, and you talk to them, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I had right. no idea. So we said, we're going to focus it on a narrow niche of emergency managers, people in the public safety arena who would want to learn lessons from colleagues as if they were having a conversation at the mm-hmm. water cooler, because those stories are always the things people remember and you learn the most from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they can humanize you know, with their own personal stories, the lessons they've learned, then that it, it resonates, they remember it, and uh, it makes it more worth your time to to dial in and listen. So, you know, some of the lessons that I've learned, uh, I guess after 28 episodes, this being the 29th, is that it really does take time to to build a following, to build that audience. I, you know, coming from TV, had worked 20 years in television. Uh, we had instantaneous results in what we call the overnight ratings. And uh, when I worked for CBS, I was in charge of that. I was in charge of uh, the special projects unit and and our ratings and taking a look at uh, how we were doing. And I could actually look in what we called minute by minutes. I could look and see how our shows were doing minute by minute, which is insane. Because you can, if you really start focusing in on that, it could drive you crazy. So with regard to podcasting, you don't have that which is a good thing, I think. Um, but what you do have is you can see your downloads, your your listenership growing week by week. It grows. So uh, we've got almost 4,000 downloads now after 28 episodes, but it took a little while to get to that point where we had a regular set of downloads. Now, 4,000 for us is pretty good um, considering the type of work that we're in. Obviously, if you are someone like, um, like Howard Stern, yeah, or those like, guys, uh, those guys, Adam Carolla, Adam yeah. Carolla, huge one. Yeah. He came from, you know, a radio program that had nationwide listenership, huge. So when he, when that show dissolved and he started up his podcast, he brought so many of those people with him. Built in audience. Built in audience, built in listenership, and the downloads were insane. We're not going to have that. So we're starting to build a, a foundation of listenership. So that's one of the things I've learned um, is that you can't be offended or disappointed when you look and you see, oh, I've only got 150 downloads this week or whatever. That's still 150 people who are getting a message that well, you're putting out there. Yeah, and, and the other thing people forget too is that it's not about a, it's not a one-hit wonder. So we may only have a small amount of people that listened in the week it was released, but now we have a library of 27 episodes that, like the Bob Fenton, for example, uh, interview now, because he's become the acting director of FEMA, may become very popular and would have just skyrocketed in recordings. So, and the other thing is it's not about the numbers, it's about the quality of the content. Right. So it's sort of like if if it's good content, it's helpful, interesting, and people um, like it, they'll talk about it, yeah. it will essentially sell itself. Yeah. It is nice to know, though, when when you're putting in the kind of work that it takes to produce a podcast that people are actually listening. So it is good to see that that audience grow. Right. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. One of the other things that I have uh, learned is that I've gotten a little bit lazy in my, my <laughs> own... 
I'm, I'm straight no. up admitting it Come when it on. comes to, you know, when, when you're in television, you really pay attention to how you say things. When you're a broadcaster, you pay attention. Well, it had been a little while since I've had to go on air. When I worked for CBS, I was a producer, an executive producer. I didn't have to go on air. So I had seven or eight years where I just kind of got a little lazy and the ums start yeah. to come out. And I've had to reel that in. The nice thing about podcasting is you can cut some of that out. It's, oh, it, so you're umming more than we realize, and you're cutting it out? All the time. In fact, right now, Sean, when, when you listen to this podcast, I've said on. um about four or edit. five times per sentence, <laughs> and I'm exactly, cutting them all out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it does get to be annoying, and I, pay, and I hear that, on whether it's another podcast or whether it is in an interview, or I swear to God, when I listen to MSNBC or Fox News and I hear some of these people talk not necessarily the broadcasters themselves, but the people they're interviewing, mm-hmm. and they say, um, every other word. It's a crutch. Drives me insane. Yeah. Because it really starts to stand out. It's like nails on a chalkboard. So I try to pay attention to that. And if I if I say one or two here and there, I'm not going to worry about it. But if I notice as I'm editing this thing down uh, for time and content that uh, if I hear too many, I'll cut them out for you. The the, listener. The listener, yeah. Well, you're a giver. I am yeah, a giver. You're it's so all, nice. It's all about the listener. So, it is. <laughs> it is. That's I mean, what, cutting that stuff. I mean, point. you get to the point. Like, I'm sure our rambling here will have been cut down to uh, a shorter amount, but I, I will cut most of you out, Kelly. Thank you. <laughs> 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 all right. Let's get talk about more lessons as you've yeah, learned. So, well, and see, this is the other part. We're you're, talking you're about slow. Come on, let's go. <laughs> talking about the editing. <laughs> Uh, it, it, I've improved my editing. I've, I've edited video, uh, for quite a while now for probably 13 years, but in, in working with audio, it's, it's a different beast altogether in television news. And Brian, you know, this, if you're going to have a problem with a live shot, or you're going to have a problem with something, it's going to be audio nine times out of 10, you have problems with audio before you'll ever have problems with video. Audio always tends to be the problem. So when it comes to editing audio it's 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 in one sense a little bit easier but it also uh the tools are there to help you with that but uh there is an art and a science to editing audio there really is to make it sound good not only do you have to have a good microphone which we'll talk about but you have to really know what it sounds like to the to the listener and right. keep that in mind the whole time. So, but I, I don't want to discourage people because those are people like, well, you've got all this experience editing yeah. and all that. Like, there's no way. I'm I'm just the public information yeah. officer for. But we're picky. Pic- we're very particular. Brian, uh, you're me, picky. Picky about you know the way things sound. Sure. So I'm a little more critical about what I'm hearing than let's say the average person would be. To do a podcast. The tools nowadays, whether it's the free program Audacity or what we use, which is the Adobe Creative Cloud version of Audition or Pro Tools or any of the others, the software, once you understand the basics of the software, you can work wonders with it. Makes it so much easier. Coming up in the second half... We have our list here. What's the top five mistakes in podcasting that uh, you've made? We'll get to those. Always happy to talk about the mistakes I've made. At least you can learn from them, right? Also, if you're thinking about starting your own podcast, we'll talk about how to do it with little or no budget. And as always, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast at either the iTunes or Google Play stores. That way, you'll have any and all episodes right there at your fingertips 
whatever you need to kill a little bit of time at the line at DMV, maybe. And if you're a regular listener, of course, or if you already subscribe, thank you so much. We do appreciate it. And of course, take a moment to comment on our site too, oesnews.com. Then click on podcasts. You'll see them. They're all right there. All right, back to the show. So here, okay, let's just say I'm uh, I'm new. So I want to I want to start a podcast. I don't have a big budget. I'm with a small county or city, but I'm really interested in how you guys did it. Is there sort of an entry level way to do it? Like, what would you tell me to do? to get my podcast off the ground. Okay, so the first thing you're going to want to do is just in terms of just the equipment itself, right? Is that what you're yeah. wondering well, about? Yeah, I mean, where would you start? I mean, we talked about identifying yeah. who our audience is, right. and then, you know, of course, we're going to be booking guests or finding people to talk right, to. Right. But to even be at the point of being able to record, right? and where do so, I record? Tell me those things. Real simply put, um, you're going to need a computer at some point to edit your, your podcast. So... You want to have a computer that you are comfortable with, that you're reliable, uh, that that you feel is reliable. It doesn't need to be a top-of-the-line Mac, which we have um, in some offices here. You could do it on a PC. You could do it on a PC. It doesn't matter. As long as you understand the real basics of how not only the computer works, but also how the program works that you're using to edit. So you're going to need to start off with a computer that has internet connection so you can upload your, your final product. In addition to the computer, you're going to need the software. I've already mentioned Audacity. Audacity is a free open source program that you can download. Doesn't cost a thing. It will get the job done. It's and, not, and it's it's really the the bare minimum that you need. Right, and and we use Audition, which yeah. is pretty expensive because it's in the Adobe family. But yeah. I remember what, seeing Audition being used, the free. I mean, uh, Audacity being used, the free one that you can download. Uh, at a radio station in Modesto when I was yeah. there. They were all using Audacity. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, wait a minute, it's free? Because you think like, oh, the more you pay, the better it is. Right. They so. were just about like, hey, it's what we're used to using. It, it's easy. It, it lets us do basic cuts, and we can yeah. then get the audio out to the yeah. to upload it. Yeah, so you you pay more for the features and for the name. I mean, honestly, it's like, it's like buying a BMW. Uh, you can buy a base BMW for $29,000, but you start adding on the options, the prices go up. So with Audacity, it gives you what you need and really no more. So it, It'll get the job done. So do I need to have one of these expensive mics or can I record with my iPhone? Well, microphones are important. You could, uh, you know, the audio with uh, iPhones nowadays is actually pretty good as long as you have a good mic that you can connect to your iPhone. And there are adapters that will allow you to do that. The microphone is really the heart to me, the heart of the sound of your podcast. We're using these really nice Shure mics. Uh, they're not cheap. They're ve- they're well-known in the industry, very professional. Uh, I've seen them in recording studios for big-name artists. Adele and uh, Foo Fighters have both, I've seen these in their videos. The mics that we start out using, if you go back to our very first handful of, of episodes, you'll hear the microphones from Audio-Technica that we were using. And those oh, were like, I think they were like... Like 70, 70 bucks. Yeah, which yeah. the, the AT2100s. AT, that's good memory. Well, he, yeah, because well, I had to buy them. Yeah, he had to buy them. <laughs> but you know what? For 70 bucks, those were some darn good mics. Yeah, they're not bad. No, they, they really are. They, they, they're designed for vocals. They're designed for the voice. So they've got that sweet spot that really captures the voice. The one thing I didn't like about them is they're very sensitive to pops. Yeah. You know, the you know, we've got yeah. some nice here, watch this. 
That's what I'm talking about. I put the, the cover back the, on. The, the computer just crashed after you did that. <laughs> so yeah, look at those spikes. Don't do that. Yeah, you don't want that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but they were very sensitive to that, even with a pop filter. So, But, you know, if we're out in the field, yeah. and let's say we're at, at a disaster or something, and we have the opportunity to bump into somebody, yeah. there's nothing wrong with literally just pulling up the recorder on your phone yeah. and holding the phone. I've seen reporters yeah. do it out on the field for, like, KCBS radio. For that, sure. Like, you know, if they don't have the big microphones, they'll just yeah. hold their actual phone, like, as close up to the person mm-hmm. to do an interview. They do that at the White House. I've seen these shots where, you know, the press corps is surrounding yeah. one of the senators or whatever, and I've seen all kinds of iPhones being shoved, you know, through the crowd up at the face of whatever that says. So it's really just, you know, it, it it's you, you can there's do a lot it. of ways to do Boy, it. Oh, a lot of ways. But yeah, if you can spend a hundred bucks or less, you can spend 70 bucks and get those audio technica mics, they're gonna do wonders for you. Samson makes good ones. Blue, I mean, you name them, they've all got the technology nowadays is is so much better, and you don't have to spend a lot of money on a good quality mic. Um, the other thing you're going to want is uh, some kind of, of interface to get the sound from your mic into the computer or into a recorder. Um, if you're going directly into a recorder, you're, uh, like, like what we have is the Zoom H4n. We're using this as a backup. Uh, and I'm not necessarily promoting this particular uh, recorder, but it is the one that we use. We use it as a backup, so we come out of a mixer into the into the recorder as a backup in case our Mac crashes, which, by the way, it never has. But you know, the oh, minute that you just you know what you're doing. What am you're I doing? Jinxing yourself. He said never has crashed, and all of a sudden, knock on yeah, wood. See? Knock on for my. Why do you do that? I don't okay. know. Right. But but seriously, um, you you want if you can, you want to have a backup. But any but you don't have to. When I did, and I still do on occasion, voiceover work at home. I have what's called as an M box. It's made by M Audio, and I run my mic through that and then into the computer. So, if you're using, let's say, a condenser mic, and you need to do your research whether you're going to use a condenser mic or a dynamic, condensers need uh, additional power. It's known as phantom power. So the M box and others like Focusrite, Rode, some others, they all have additional power source. Boom! You push a little button, it gives you that phantom power that you need to power the mic. Mm-hmm. So you need a good mic, you need uh, possibly an interface uh, for your computer, you need a, maybe a recorder. You can do it just with a recorder, but eventually you're going to need to edit. So you'll have the computer. And uh, headphones. Wear your headphones when you do these things. That way you can hear what you're recording. If there's a, a hum or uh, someone out in the hallway is out there vacuuming all of a sudden, you can hear it coming through the mic. So that may warn you, uh, maybe we should hold off for a moment. You so say that. use your headphones, though. My earbuds will work too, right? Earbuds will work, as long as you're monitoring what you're As long recording. as you're hearing. Yeah, headphones yeah. are great because they can isolate right. more, but earbuds work just fine. So use the ones that came with your phone. So if you didn't write all that down, we will have some links to, I know, um, like Ray Ortega, who you had on yep. a couple episodes ago. He actually teaches how to podcast. I think he has a free... Uh, a free sort of a series of videos on sort of getting started with podcasting and the equipment yeah. that he uses. And, you know, obviously we're not doing any, there's no endorsements here. We're not no. pushing any gear. We don't make money off of any of this yeah, stuff right. that we do. It's, we're just, I mean, honestly, we're experimenting through this whole process by, you know, learning from people who are already doing it, like we're doing right now, and then figuring out what works. And probably most importantly is like getting able to, being able to streamline this to where it's not a burden, where yeah. we're not like, oh my gosh, it's going to be hours of editing and hours of this and that. We want to try to get 
a, an episode on as quickly as possible with as little pain as possible. As little editing as possible. That's the key. Try to treat your podcast as if it's live. That way, when it comes time to edit, you have minimal editing. That's what I try to do. See, and then I've heard people say, like, well, don't you have to, like, you 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 do edit out ums and things like that. But to me, it's like, is if it's an, it's more authentic if it's just a conversation, mm-hmm. right? If you don't, if I feel like something's edited, I start to get a little suspicious. Yeah. And I think this is some sort of, like, PR slant thing. Right. And right. I don't know that I can, it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's almost like propaganda. And yeah. I don't, that's not what we do. And that's not, mm-hmm. we don't want people believing that. No, I just want the, the, I want to offend as few people as possible. In other words, offend their ears, not necessarily their ideologies or anything, but um, I I don't want them to go, oh God, I can't listen to another. um, Yeah. So if there's editing that I do, generally it's to clear out any things that may offend the ear. All right. And so what, uh, what, okay, so here we have our list here. What's the top five mistakes in podcasting that uh, you've made? I'll go through this pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, not listening to other podcasts, quite honestly. Initially, I had only listened to one or two. Uh, why is Adam that, why is, that, a, why is that a, a mistake? Well, because I, it's good to know what the current trends are or the current standard if you listen to several podcasts, and it doesn't have to be on a regular basis, but it, you know, every week, tr- check out a new podcast. Listen to how they're producing. Listen to, it may give you ideas. It may tell you, uh, you may learn something about a microphone, or you may learn something about the format. And so it's good to listen because it'll give you tips. It'll give you great information uh, if you pay attention to the production itself. In sports analogy, you're scouting your opponent. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. Oh. Yeah, scout the opponent and you... Leave it to Brian to give us the sport. <laughs> I'm sports guys. They're so one-track minded. All right, what's your next tip? Tip uh, number two. Rushing to complete a podcast. Don't do that. Take your time. Do a nice job. Again, it doesn't have to do necessarily with the editing, but, uh, but really make sure that you're paying attention to what you're doing. Listen to what you're... That's why I say use the headphones. Listen to what is being recorded. Um, another thing, uh, incomplete research. That's number three. Uh, yeah. Early on, uh, I was really uh, trying to do a lot of research, and then I kind of backed off on that because I was so busy with uh, wildfires and things like that. So my thing was just to get people in and record them, but I didn't uh, set aside time to research who they were, even though I know who they were. I didn't know enough about their background. So it really does help to do some initial uh, researching. And even if you have time Call them up on the phone, talk to them on the phone, and and take notes. Sort of, is that what they call it's a pre-interview? Pre- pre-interview, yeah. pre-interview, pre-interview your your guests if you can. Not all of them uh, will have the time. In fact, some of the people that I've interviewed didn't have time for a phone call. They had barely enough time to get in here and talk to me. So um, that really helps. Do your research, and if you can, pre-interview. Number four. Number four. Uh, narrow view on those potential guests. In other words, you may think because you're really focused on uh, the kind of message and, and, and the person that you're, uh, that you're trying to reach, your audience, you would be surprised at how stepping outside of that lane just a little bit will bring in, you can still tie it into whatever your topic is. For us, obviously, emergency management. But I never really considered talking to a PIO, at least initially, uh, because they weren't an emergency manager. I was thinking, I thought we had to talk to people who were emergency managers, people who had been on the front lines of a disaster and had to make big decisions about managing that disaster. But guess what? 
PIOs are an important component to managing a disaster. And so, a PIO is? A public information officer, just yeah. like me, just like Brian and, and you. Um, sure. We, But in other words, don't just think that I have, like for emergency manager podcasts, all hazards, that you can step a little bit outside and still connect. That's a good point. I mean, that that is, you know, you think you're... It, I've never actually heard anybody talk about being too narrow, which is interesting that you're you're bringing that up. I hear everybody talk in the podcast world of, you know, like you guys are you're too broad. You're t- trying to catch too many things. They're always yeah. talking about narrowing, and yeah. you're saying, "Oh, geez, maybe you narrowed a little too much." Well, and I, yeah, and I think that was really just because I had never uh, recorded a podcast, never produced one before, and for me, I was really trying to stay true to the message and to the listener and to the the purpose of the podcast. And so that I had a tendency to really stay focused on emergency management and that it was, it was like having blinders on. I, I wasn't thinking broadly enough and I just wanted to make sure that uh, I was focused on the message and the content and the listener. Which takes us into the number five big mistake than podcasting yeah. that you've learned. Yeah, just being hyper-focused. You know, you got to think a little bit more outside that box. I hate that term, but it, it works. We did a series of podcasts early on uh, about the San Diego fire siege 2007. And this is where they had to use the San Diego football stadium, uh, Qualcomm, as a staging area and as a shelter for thousands of people. Well, we ended up talking to not only the emergency manager of that event, but we ended up talking to the the chief doctor. Okay, Now, he's not an emergency manager per se, but he did have to manage the medical portion of that event. And so that's what I mean. I mean, that's not that far removed from what we were talking about. But again, he wasn't an emergency manager. He wasn't a first responder necessarily. In this particular case, he was managing the the medical team. Mm. Okay, so that's what I mean. Just, you know, don't be so focused that you forget to look at some of these secondary and even tertiary people and topics that uh, could work very well for whatever the podcast is that you're producing. Yeah, I think those are good lessons learned for anybody who's considering a podcast. So just to recap here, the first thing you talked about was making sure that you narrow your audience, that we talk, that you figure out who you're going to be talking about and the topic so it's not real broad. We're not talking about sports. We're talking about a specific sport and maybe even something more narrow than that. Maybe it's sports medicine or uh, sports therapy or something that's you know sp- timekeeping and right. that type right. of thing, yeah. right? And the second is you don't have to worry about the equipment being all. You don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars because yeah. you can get started like we did with a microphone that's sixty bucks. Yeah, with your existing computer, with your iPhone, with your iPhone. There are iPhone apps that you can. You don't even need a computer really if you think about it. As long as you've got a phone, you can produce a podcast. Which is interesting because at a school uh, that I know about, they use iPads and uh, GarageBand, which comes with the iPad. Yep, and, exactly. I mean, yeah. the audio is no different. Yeah. You know, it's not like the edit sounds any different off of an iPad. The, right. the microphone might sound different, but it's still getting the job done. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's cutting down the barrier of like, oh, I don't have to learn a new program, f- update my software and all that. They can do it right there on the device. Yeah. And then when you're talking about guests who you bring in, You'd brought up this point where it's that make sure that you do some research, that you you kind of get a background, maybe even do a background interview with them just to find out areas that they might find interesting or they think are are important, so you can expand on that. Yeah, during the you interview. may you may find out a really interesting story, 
that, you know, that, that wasn't there. That wasn't there, that you had no idea, and you wouldn't have known had you not talked to them. And then you then talked about um, don't expect a large audience on that first episode. Shoot, the first 10, don't expect a large audience, because it's going to take time for people to find you. Right. And it's funny as Ray Ortega made it, I learned this from his podcast, and I heard him repeat it again on your, uh, you, when you were interviewing him, and that's that he said that it does, you could have 10,000 listeners but they may not be the right listeners. It may not be your audience. So it's okay if you had 500 listeners or 200 listeners that are very loyal in the emergency management space that listen to you every week, that's better than having a global 10,000 just general people because right. you're really targeting the audience and serving good content to them. Yeah. And, and then just being clear about it in the podcast, you tell people, here is what this podcast is about. Here's the things we're going to talk about. Here's what you'll get from it. We hope it is actually helpful to you. Right. And here's something that I hadn't mentioned yet, and that is to make sure that when you distribute an episode, when you launch it, make sure you tell people you've launched it. Let them know whether it's... What does that mean? I mean, well, like email or what? Uh, email, like if you have a newsletter. Um, that's Tweet it? Right, yeah, absolutely. And that's what I mean. Let them know. So uh, send out a link on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, if you have a website, put that up there. Um, let them know that it's out. Let them know when they can find it. Try to be consistent. Uh, we release ours every other Tuesday, unless, of course, we've got a big disaster going and we're on, you know... We're on assignment at some wildfire or something. But we try to make sure that every other Tuesday they come out. That way people know, okay, well, he didn't put one out this Tuesday, so I can expect one next Tuesday. And uh, and hit him over the head with it over and over again. It comes out every other Tuesday. I think these are all great tips, and we could talk a whole lot more about the technical parts because, you know, I'm sure there's questions like, well, how do I get it into iTunes? You don't want to know the difference about condenser mics and dynamic no, mics, Kelly? I don't really. <laughs> okay. I'm, it's not, I mean, that's what you do. <laughs> no, I but, don't. <laughs> but, the, but, you know, it's. I know that one of the, the things that's complicated is figuring out how to get it into iTunes, and that's why there's these websites like... Uh, Ray Ortega, he's, uh, what is his, his is, uh, or Cliff Ravenscraft has right. the podcast Answer Man, who I've listened to a lot uh, and is where I sort of got the idea. But we'll have links to them in right. the show notes here for this. But, you know, Ray Ortega or Cliff Ravenscraft are good uh, places to start. But now because technology is the way it is, um, you technically don't even have to be on iTunes. You could still just record audio and upload it as an audio file on a website where people get access to it. So yeah. if you're a emergency manager in the middle of a disaster and you're like, I'd really want to just get this interview out there, um, you, all you got to do is just record the audio uh, save it as an MP3 and then upload it onto your website yeah. or put it on a blog. Right, right, right or even on sure. Facebook or Twitter. Frankly, right? yeah, yeah. And nowadays, uh, all of these, you know, all of these platforms are making it so much easier to upload things, you know, with minimal effort. All right, Brian, do you have any hard questions for him before we end the show? Uh -huh. No, no. Am is this an ambush? Better not be an ambush. What's well, the he's one... been here for an hour? I'm not sure how that's an ambush. <laughs> What's the one you've done at 28 episodes, the one that you've done so far that you said that, that, that nailed it? That's exactly what we were hoping to do. So one of the podcasts that I thought went as well as, you know, as any of them, as well as I had hoped that that would go, listen, they all went pretty well. I, I love talking with these people uh, and getting not only the stories, but the insights, because I'm still relatively new to Cal OES. Um, they've all been great. But one that I was actually kind of surprised... Uh, at how well it went was with our FEMA counterpart, Kelly Hudson, not to be confused with you, Kelly Houston. Um, 
she was wonderful and she's always been great to work with. I've always enjoyed working with her, but FEMA is notorious for being very, uh, formatted, very strict and regimented in what they say publicly and, and all that. So when we went over to region nine and we talked with Kelly, Kelly Hudson, she was wonderful. She was her normal, personable, funny self, great storyteller. Um, she's got, there's a lot to, I mean, if She's you been just there, get past that. the stereotypes of FEMA yeah. where, you know, people bash on them, there are real people behind the scenes that have done extraordinary work. Yeah. She's one of them. Yeah. And her, I mean, just to be able to hear that story where she doesn't feel like where she's able to just share in a way yeah. that's meaningful and helpful. Well, get this. She was new to her job when Katrina hit and she was sent to respond to Katrina and she was initially you know, scared to death. What am I in for? Sure. Know? And so she was able to convey, you know, that that trepidation, that fear that she initially had. But she also explained how she got through it. And <laughs> at one point, she had this great story too about uh, she and uh, her female counterpart uh, who were there. They ended up having to camp out in this gazebo in the middle of some small outskirt town with all these firefighters. So there were only these two, the two of them, both female, sleeping under this gazebo with about a hundred other male firefighters. She says it was it was the most surreal yet kind of dreamy thing because, you know, there's this image that firefighters convey, you right. know. And so she just thought it was the funniest thing. That's uh, a level of trust right there. That is a level of trust. Uh, and she was able to tell that story in a really funny way. And um, so I would say that it was the podcast medium that was able to um, uh, allow that to happen yeah. because you couldn't have got that story conveyed with the emotion and the context in written form, although you could get close. And it probably would be too uncomfortable to do it on camera right. because of the, you know, people are really conscious of what they look like. Good point. Right. It's so, easy to forget that the mic is there. You just, you're having a conversation. And right. that's the key here. You're not. You're, you're not conducting a formal interview. You're having a conversation. And yeah. so they do. They tend to forget the microphone is even there. And and then it's, so then it's for us to be good stewards of that time and of that guest to be able to uh, keep the listener in mind, our target audience, and serve them what are stories that are meaningful and provide really good information and help folks to basically just enrich them. Because that's, you know, we're not here to talk about us. We're here to provide content that's helpful to our listeners. Right. Right. Yeah, she was great. So they were all great. Well, that's great. Well, Sean, we'll wrap it up here. We could keep talking. Maybe we'll do another episode when you're at uh, I don't know, maybe fifty or 50 100. a hundred milestone. Yeah, yeah we'll do fifty and talk. It's got to be again. a cake for fifty. Yeah, a cake. Yeah, and we'll start talking about that. cake and decorating. Yeah. Can I put in my order now? Can yeah. I say what I want? You Fruit know? basket? German, no. German the chocolate. No. German chocolate. German well, chocolate. Let's, let's wait till we get to fifty, and well, then we'll talk cake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Sean, thank you very much. Brian May in uh, as our third third guest or second guest to helping us out for this one. And hopefully we'll have Brian on hosting a show in the near future. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm Let's just go. very happy to give it back to you and let you go on with the next episode. Now I know what it feels like. Yes. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks, Sean. So now that you've heard all of this, are you still thinking about hosting your own podcast? Not discouraged? Well, all right then. Just remember to do your research, listen to other podcasts, and reach out to other podcasters. It's a huge community, and it's getting bigger. 
Many are willing to share what they've learned with you. And if you have any comments or questions about what we're doing, just send me an email to media at caloes.ca.gov. That's media at caloes.ca.gov. And put the word podcast right there in the subject line. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed it today. Remember to subscribe at the iTunes or Google Play stores, and we'd love to hear what you think about All Hazards. If you have any ideas, shoot them our way. We'd love to hear from you. Once again, I'm Sean Boyd. Thanks for listening, and thank you to Kelly Houston for taking over the hosting chair today. Take care, folks. Be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.